Hello, everyone. All right. So I am working with increasingly amount of technology. Um, it went from, well, first of all, let me start off. Welcome to the Investors Gallery, where one of these days, the art gallery on the other side of my camera will be finished. Um, but I did build this office uh, by myself. Um, this is the attic above my garage and it was a lot of space. So I decided to make it an art gallery and a huge office. I think it added um, almost 500 square feet to the house. So it's, it's pretty good size. I think this office is right under 20 by or right at 20 by 15 or something like that. So it's, it's pretty big. Um, so yep, I built all of this, built the art gallery by myself as well. And I'm really proud of it. Um, two things that uh, I do unashamedly or how you, however you pronounce that is uh, I'm very proud of my accomplishments um, and I don't brag, but I do like to, I'm not ashamed to say, Hey, I got this and it's really cool. Um, and I also like to be visible um, either when I mess up or something's not working right or whatever. The reason for that is I know my audience is uh, consists of a lot of people who are in a transition. There are some people who are successful and I know many successful people and even the successful people still have things that they want to, uh, to accomplish. So my goal for the people who haven't hit that first milestone that they want to get to is to say, hey, um, no matter how my life looks to you, I still have struggles. Um, for example, the two or three monitors that I have here and all of the different software that I have to try to make this uh, very seamless. So again, welcome to the Investors Gallery. Uh, we will do this every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central. Um, it will be recorded. Um, and it is meant to be a conversation between me and anybody who joins. Um, we normally have investors. We normally have some kind of experts um, who are logging in, and we have a lot of people who are just curious. Some people are finding the link by accident or finding us on YouTube or LinkedIn or wherever, um, kind of by accident, and some people are getting sent out the link from other people saying, hey, you might enjoy this. Check this out. So there's no specific, um, not direction, but there's no specific thing that we're trying to get out of people. This is really for a conversation. This is really to say, hey, I know about multifamily investing and that's kind of it. And if somebody gets on and has questions about crypto, hopefully there's somebody in the audience when we have our uh, discussion um, that they'll be able to give that information, or it might be about, um, stock trading or Bitcoin or whatever. So it's, it is really here to have a conversation about all industries. Um, I just know a lot about multifamily investing. Secondly, I would say, because you're watching this video, you are a, um, capital partner. So a capital partner is anybody who shows up. You either contact us or interact with us through social media. You come on our webinar or podcast or whatever, or maybe just watch and maybe comment on our videos. You are a capital partner. Anybody who has some kind of uh, relationship or communication with us, you're in. You don't, it doesn't cost anything. And then we will be uh, giving away free stuff, free t-shirts and maybe uh, hats in the future. And then we also have 
three other levels of capital partners, but those are really just, if you start investing in stuff and this is not a pitch fest. So I'm not going to go into all of that. If you want more information about it, call me, email me, text me, whatever. So today I want to talk about, and as we will every Tuesday, what is the come up story? What is that little 30 second elevator story that I'm going to give you that I hope gives you inspiration and um, gives you a push, a catalyst into whatever you want to do. The story is about a gentleman. This gentleman was uh, is from the United States. Last week, the, the gentleman was from Japan. This gentleman is from the United States, uh, I believe, Atlanta, Georgia. And he was abused by his father. After he was abused by his father at a very early age, he was also um, molested by four other adults in his family. And through that pain, he decided to take that pain and use it towards speaking out. Try not to give too much away here. Sometimes these stories are going to be really easy to say, I know who that is. I don't want you to know who it is yet. Through speaking out, he started to develop screenplays and he took these screenplays. You probably figured out who it is by now, but he took these screenplays and he saved up $12,000 and he started a, uh, a actual play and he marketed it. He went throughout the city flyers, had all of his uh, contacted all of his family and friends to come. And from all of this work that he did, all of this push that he did, 30 people showed up. So what did he do? Um, he slept in his car. He regrouped in years and years and years. And I actually can't really find that information. I heard the gentleman say this in an interview, um, but I haven't been able to find the text that say this. But for years, I think he said about three years, he would go to different places, different churches, wherever, who, whoever would give him the space and the stage to have a play, he would have a play. Every single time, nobody showed up. So we have to go get a job, start from scratch, start over. Years and years and years he did this. No progress. All of a sudden, somebody very influential uh, saw us play and he blew up. But it took years. It took years from him being homeless, sleeping in his car. He's six foot something. He's over six foot and he had a Geo Metro. That's the story. He is currently worth over $800 million, has... Um, 17 movies, 20 stage plays, and he is uh, very, very successful. And his name is Tyler Perry. And he is one of the stories that I think about a lot um, because I've kind of watched him from the DVD stage to owning um, now what, which was the previous um, fort in Georgia, the military for he now he turned that into a, uh, a movie studio. And that's where they shot uh, Black Panthers and a lot of TV shows. But yeah, Tyler Perry is um, a really good story of just keep trying. Um, when I mentor individuals, I always give them a little nugget. And I say, you'll never meet someone who is passionate and serious about their craft and has done it for 10 and 20 years and has never been successful at it. 
you don't meet anybody like that. You'll meet somebody who was successful and maybe for whatever reasons, market or mental health or whatever, maybe one on a decline, but you've never met anybody who was sincerely passionate and dedicated to their craft, never make it, never be successful. So today, real quick, the topic that I want to talk about is brokers and I have 16,000 switches over here. Let me see which one is the right one. There we go. So today I want to talk about brokers. Now I want to be specific because I think I have, actually, I know I have some, um, some residential realtors in here. Uh, I am talking about commercial, commercial brokers. So there's a few things uh, when you're dealing with multifamily, 99% of the properties are what they call off market. That means you can't go on the major listing services in Houston. They call them HAR um, to find these properties. They have LoopNet, and that's a whole nother story, but that's not really where you want to find a multifamily deal. So when you talk to a broker, when you talk to a commercial broker, there's a few things, and it's way more than this, but this is just, you know, kind of get conversations going. There's a few things that you kind of want to get kind of right. You don't have to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. And everybody hasn't been in this business for 20, 30 years. So the first thing, and what I think really, at least initially, is the most important, if not one of the most important things, is the lingo and how you talk and what you say to the broker. If you have a conversation with the broker and I believe if you don't hit at least one of the commercial real estate terms, um, the whisper price, price guidance, something like that, the broker could be suspect that you're a newbie because there's a lot of newbies out there and it's okay because you got to start somewhere. But if you start somewhere, start somewhere and be prepared. This could be your first phone call with the broker. But if you call the broker and you say, hey, my name is Presley and I'm from Dimensional Capital Partners and I see you have um, a listing or a property here. It looks like it's 200 units. And I wanted to see what, what is the, the whisper? Whisper means what is the, the unmarketed price or the price uh, guidance that the seller is telling a broker he wants to sell from. Um, what do you feel as I'm talking to the broker, what do you feel the cap rate for this area? And that's kind of a hit and miss because if they tell you the price, um, from the price and the net operating, net operating income, which is the NOI that tells you what the cap rate is, but it's still good to have a cap rate conversation because a little bit of personal information goes in or thoughts from the broker and then a little bit from the actual sale. So the broker might say, well, you know what, Presley, we're, we're selling this at a, a five cap. And I really feel from this area, X, Y, Z. And some, you know, a lot of times they're just selling you, they, they want to get the property sold and it's going to be uh, silver and gold until you look into it. And it might be wood chips, but understanding what to say and how to talk to the broker helps a lot, especially if you're new. If you are a veteran or experienced, then you kind of just talk the lingo because that's how your brain interprets what the questions that you want to ask. Um, the next one is the property area. You might know not know that much about the area. Um, when they send you the offer memorandum, 
And guys, if you have questions, because I know everybody in here is not um, specifically multifamily background. So if you have questions, either put them in the chat or um, save it uh, for the ending. I just want to wrap up the broker's tips to give us kind of a direction in the conversation today. And I'll unmute everybody's um, whatever they call it profile, I guess. Um, we'll hit on those questions in a second. But you may not know about the property area. Um, you might not have gotten an offer memorandum. Maybe you just got information from somewhere that, hey, this is the property is from sale. It might be from, I don't know, a wholesaler or something, which that's a whole nother conversation. I'm not going to say anything nice or, or mean about wholesalers, um, but it is a vehicle to get properties. Um, so it's, I think it's okay to ask the broker about the property area, even if you do know, because one, you're trying to see, has a broker really dug into this? Usually they have, if they made it to broker or if they're dealing with deals at this level, they, they've usually done their homework. Um, but I think I feel it's okay to say, hey, you know, tell me about the area. What do you think about the area? Um, you can only get so much from Google Maps, especially if the property's out of town. Hey, I'm based in Houston. Your property's in Atlanta. Uh, um, I'm seeing, you know, growth around the area, but what can you tell me about it? So the next thing is proven experience. At some point in time, everybody was at zero. Nobody starts with experience unless you start with the partner, which is what I say do. If you want to buy multifamily or if you really want to do any kind of major deal in any industry, um, I suggest start with the partner if you have not um, done anything already, or you can start really, really small. I'm hard headed. You know, I want to start big and you know, I'm, I have a whole team, but, you know, I've always wanted to do really big deals uh, from the get. I'm, I'm a dreamer. But if you have not done any deals, partner with someone, do a smaller deal, or both, do a smaller deal that you partner with someone, and that helps bring up uh, or, or strengthen your, your background and your experience. So the next thing is perform. Brokers want to see one thing. They don't care about nothing else. They just want to see you perform. Can you close on this property? If the property is $20 million and I call you and I say, hey, Mr. Broker, I can close at 18 million and I here, here are my guarantees. This is, this is how, what I can show to you. It might be a uh, proof of funds. It might be um, I'm backed by uh, a real estate fund or some kind of hedge fund or something, whatever, whatever information or documents or the combination of that you can show that broker, Hey, I, I'm, you guys are bidding at 20 million. But I can guarantee I can close at 18 million. That's what they care about. They want to make sure that you can close. They want to make sure that you can perform because 18 million real dollars looks way better than 20 million dollars that never got wired to your uh, seller's bank account. Um, the next two things kind of go hand in hand, being trustworthy and being consistent, um, being trustworthy. When you tell the broker you're going to do something, you're going to do it. Hey, I'm doing a property tour. I want to come do a property tour. I can meet you there Thursday at two o'clock. Be there Thursday at 1.45. Do what, you're, what you say you're going to do. Hey, I'm going to send an LOI in tomorrow at nine o'clock. Send that LOI in tomorrow at 8.30, 8.45. Be trustworthy. So when there's something significant, uh, the broker knows that you're going to come through. Um, I suggest reading... Um, 
seven habits of high uh, of effective people and how to run friends and influence people. Um, those books play a lot into um, the mental strategies of what needs to go. It really just dealing with other humans and being consistent. Um, that kind of goes with being trustworthy. And some of the things I said before, if you're going to do something, do it. If you're, you're going to be somewhere, you tell the broker, you're going to be somewhere, be there. Um, broken trust, broken consistency scares everybody, not only just a broker. So kind of understand who you're dealing with, what you're dealing with and how to enter into an amazing conversation understand that yes these are deals these are people but it all really boils down to communication and interactions with other humans so that is the end of uh my little presentation um we have a few people here so i'm not really going to go into market i really want to begin this conversation i don't want to take up too much of that um so let me open up let's see if there's a shortcut i can make everybody talk at one time or let everybody talk at one time and tracy uh honored to have you back again I appreciate it. So everybody is allowed to talk. Everybody is, or except two people are on mute. Uh, hey, Michelle, and congratulations. Um, so who had questions? Because I wasn't really monitoring the, the chat. And actually, uh, somebody unmute just to make sure y'all heard all of that. <laughs> yeah, we heard you, Presley. Heard you can? Okay. Um, let me see. Let me change my speaker so I can hear you guys. There we go. That's the work. No questions? I'm technical. Michelle, it says you're talking, but I don't hear you. Oh, okay. Let's see. And you're not on mute either. I, I hear her. Oh, hi there. Hello, everybody. So, Presley, thank you for the invite. Let me make sure it's nothing on my end. Oh, can you hear me? Thank you, Presley. What is the first step to begin... I'm getting old. The text is so small. I'm just by a bigger, uh, bigger <laughs> screen. What are the first steps to begin partnering your first deal and multifamily? Uh, first and foremost, I say find a securities attorney and or real estate attorney. Um, and you don't necessarily have to make them a partner, but you cannot get a, a, a multifamily deal done by yourself or without a securities attorney. The reason being, and I won't be too technical because uh, I don't want Brad beating me up. <laughs> um, and Brad, also, if you want to uh, chime in, just, just chime in as well. But when you are doing a deal, if you are or when you raise money for the down payment, because most of the time these deals are in the millions, right? When you are raising money, 
there are securities laws that you have to follow. And you have to know if the person you're talking to is accredited or non-accredited. And that will be under regulations 506D as in dog. And then, uh, I'm sorry, regulation D, 506, either B for Bravo or C for Charlie. B for Bravo just means that they're not accredited or you're talking to non-accredited investors, you can have 35 or they are all accredited. So you need an attorney to one, do all the paperwork for that um, and do the securities filing. Outside of that, finding a partner is, I would say pretty similar to finding investors to invest in um, a deal. And the way that you do that is you meet people. So for those who are on my LinkedIn, let me move this. Um, for those who are on my LinkedIn, my profile says um, everything you need is found in relationships. And that is true. If you need money, there's somebody that has money. And if you develop a relationship with that person, then typically you'll have, um, I wouldn't really say access to the money, but you at least have the opportunity for it. So going to meetups, um, going to conferences, um, going to places that there are people that have what you want. That goes for marriage, that goes for religion, that goes for cars, that kind of goes for everything. And I think we don't really consciously think about it because it's so it's so common sense that it's not common sense. If you're looking for specific cars, you go to dealerships. If you are single, you go to where you know your spouse could possibly be. Uh, and I'm not going to go too far into that because I don't want to get in trouble with uh, <laughs> people watching. But yeah, just use common sense. Um, and I the, I have a few people that I've, I've mentored that I they asked me that question. And there are so many different types of meetups. Money specifically does not have to be found in a for multifamily. Money for multifamily doesn't have to be specifically found in a multifamily conference. Mm -hmm. money can be found in many different areas. It could be a car show. Um, back when they had, Houston has coffee and cars, not cars and coffee. Well, the biggest one is coffee and cars. Um, you have everybody from your Ford Mustang owners to your multi-million dollar car. So long story, a uh, long answer, really long, is basically go to places where that type of person would be. And if you're in your case, the question is about finding a partner in multifamily. I would say conferences, um, LinkedIn um, is a good place to find people. Um, real estate is a pretty friendly, for the most part, it's a pretty friendly uh, place to be. So everybody's trying to network because nobody use, nobody knows who you are, especially if you're new. When they meet you, they don't know if you're a part of a real estate fund or a family office that might have access to $300 million. And it's not that people are nice to each other because we just necessarily want to get something out of it. It's just that that is the mentality uh, that I found so far in, in multifamily. Um, any other questions? Let me see. Um, can I just intervene here quickly for us? Okay, I see everybody talking, but I'm not hearing anything. So somebody hello. spoke earlier and I heard them. Let me make sure it's not on my end. It probably is. 
Hold on, Brad. Because I, I see you speaking. You know what? Let me change. It's probably my, my settings that I have here. Yeah, it's probably my settings. I'm going to change it back to my laptop. All right, let's try that. Somebody say something. Hey, can you hear me, Presley? Okay. Hello? Hello, hello. Okay, hello. built in internal speakers. There we go. Hello, can you hear me, Presley? Hello, there hello. you go. Yeah, I had I had it hooked up to my uh, my Bluetooth here so it can be a central speaker. Let me turn my laptop up. All right, are you able to hear me now, though? Yeah. Oh, good, okay. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, I just want to add to what Presley was saying. Um, for those of you that are kind of new to raising capital, uh, as Presley knows, I've been doing it for a long time and have raised about $2 billion. Um, but when you're looking at attracting money to your deals, um, whether you like it or not, you are in the securities business. And I uh, want to give everybody something that you can Google later tonight so you can get a better understanding. Um, many years ago, there was a U.S. Supreme Court decision called the Howey Test. And um, it's spelled H-O-W-E-Y. A lot of people don't know about it but you can Google it. I'm going to put it here in the chat. And the Howey test is basically uh, four things that the SEC, most state regulators, and also plaintiff's attorneys, God forbid if you're ever sued, will default to <clears throat> to determine whether what it is you're selling is a security or not. And it doesn't matter whether it's real estate. You could be doing crypto. You could be doing uh, you know, e-commerce. But basically what the Howey test says is this. Number one, was there an exchange of money? Well, in most cases, the answer is yes. Number two is, was the exchange of money with the expectation of a profit? Most cases, it's yes. Number three is, was there basically a profit that is derived through the effort of others? And of course, <laughs> if you're in real estate, the answer is yes. And so when you look at the answers to these questions, 99% of the time in real estate, we are in the securities business, which is why you want to make sure that, you know, you have everything in writing. And like Presley said, you're, you know, bringing a securities attorney in to, uh, you know, draft your uh, offering memorandums, et cetera. What I will tell you, having done many deals and, uh, you know, being very active, is that you don't always need a securities attorney. You know, if you're doing a relatively smaller deal where, you know, the purchase price is, you know, maybe 800,000 or, you know, 1.2 million, where you're only raising a couple hundred grand instead of a few million to close on a smaller property, um, I wouldn't go through the expense and effort. You know, it might be a family and friends type transaction, or you might be able to put together an executive summary. But when you start getting up into the, you know, four, six, eight million dollar properties or bigger, uh, like we do, uh, where you're raising, you know, 1.6 million to three million dollars, uh, you definitely want to have a memorandum. And what Presley said was absolutely correct. You want to structure it as a 506C so that you can advertise and promote on LinkedIn and Instagram or wherever that you're looking for investor capital. Um, be very careful about allowing non-accredited investors into your deals, even if it is a family or friend. Uh, the SEC does have a policy that says if you do take non-accredited capital, 
the accounting standards that you maintain has to be comparable to that of a public reporting company, which basically means you need audited financials. And most of us here do not want to go through the additional expense or burden of getting audited financials. Uh, that's a very, very cumbersome and uh, very expensive process. So definitely stick with the uh, accredited investors uh, as you're doing your deals and uh, it'll make your life a whole lot easier. Um, I wanted to go back um, to make sure they heard you correct, sir. So you have raised uh, $2 billion with a B. Correct. Yep. $2 billion with a B over my career. Um, that's been largely through my efforts and uh, the efforts of teams that we've assembled. Uh, I've worked for some of the largest real estate syndicators, um, as well as, you know, of course, private equity firms and I think, as you know, Presley, uh, you know, for over a decade, I was the CEO of a small oil company that I founded back in the 1980s. But you're correct. Yeah, $2 billion with a B. And uh, we've done that conceivably through pretty much every source you can fathom, high net worth individuals, family offices, uh, sovereign wealth funds, pensions, trusts, insurance companies, uh, pretty much you name it, we've done it. Awesome. Um, and can you put in the chat um the link and or information about your boot camp as well yeah, i'll just so. kind of share it with everybody um for those of you that don't know who i am my name is brad blazer and uh, i'm kind of known globally as probably the top expert on teaching others how to attract and raise capital because i break it down to universal key principles that will work almost anywhere in the world uh, and that's why today we have students Globally, we have students that we teach not just here in the U.S., but we've got students in Australia, New Zealand, Canada, uh, the United Kingdom, Africa, China, um, because it's based on universal principles that uh, definitely work. And so we have a coaching program uh, that we offer, but also eight times a year, uh, we have a two-day live intensive boot camp uh, where people come in from all over the country. And really, we're just, you know, teaching them these key principles, giving them a lot of workbooks, a lot of guides. Uh, our family office directory, which is a directory of about 350 family offices here in the United States. And uh, the next one we have is actually coming up June 10th and 11th um, here in Houston, Texas. We do it here because it's centrally located. It's pretty easy to get to. And so, yeah, I'll put the information in the chat. If any of you are interested, just click on the link. Uh, it'll share, you know, some testimonials from other students that have come before you, and uh, we'd love to have you. Um, you know, what I tell people is raising money doesn't have to be as challenging or difficult as many people think it is. Uh, we see a lot of rookie mistakes, but once you understand some of these universal principles and you apply them, um, it really allows you to kind of accelerate your capital raising and, more importantly, uh, do it properly and successfully. So yeah, I'll put that in the chat here for y'all now. Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, Amai had a question and TD had a question as well. Before I asked, answer those questions, um, I would like to, and you don't have to say anything cause I'm, I'm gonna just introduce you real quick, but I would like to introduce my, um, partner, Melvin Faraby, he is my securities attorney and he is the person that I partnered with. He was actually literally the first person, now that I think about it, he was the first person I partnered with. Um, uh, so there you go, that's me. Uh, did, did Brad put everybody to sleep with Howie yet? Uh, say that again, Melvin. 
did Brad put everybody to sleep with Howie? Did he did I hear him going over Howie? Yeah, he uh, he went over the Howie <laughs> test yeah. once I realized that I was the only person that couldn't hear him. <laughs> no, they're like how they're like Howie and all of financials to wake everybody up. Yeah. Uh, glad everybody's on the call. Uh, I'll defer to defer to Presley. Cool. Um, all right, so let me answer Amon's question. How small of a deal will qualify for multifamily, uh, both in units and price points? Price point is not a factor um, as far as qualifying. It could be a million. It could be a hundred million. Um, five units and higher are all multifamily. One through four are residential. Even though I see 30 times a day on the internet that I bought a multifamily and it was three units. I mean, technically more than one is multi, but in the, uh, the commercial space to be classified as a multifamily deal, it is five units or higher. Um, and again, price doesn't matter because it depends on if it's in Austin or Houston. Uh, please post a link. Uh, so that is directed towards uh, Brad. Um, I think Brad will put it in the comments or in the chat. And then also TD asks, how has the current market trends affected your fundraising and quality? Um, quantity. I'm, the text is really small and I'm getting really old. Um, also, before I answer this, Brad, if, you, if you're still here, and Melvin, I want you guys to also touch on this and correct me if I'm wrong or not. Um, in this environment, there is a lot of liquidity. Um, investors are really looking for somewhere to put their money. Um, I think there is, you know, everybody's saying that there's a, um, a wealth shift, but we're actually kind of seeing it. Uh, we saw a few deals that actually, I think it was only one Melvin, wasn't it? One that took a while to get subscribed from um, a peer of ours. Um, but everybody else was subscribed. Subscribes means that um, they got investors to invest in the deal. It's kind of like a membership. You subscribe to a membership, you're subscribing to shares in an LLC. I'm sure I'll get corrected on, <laughs> on my technicality. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of money out there. Um, now, the, the better question would be, how is the interest rates affecting deals and the pricing of those deals? That is a more intricate and interesting question. Um, what I've heard a few times is the price guidance, lingo, um, had went down and I was actually on a few deals that uh, we were looking at. The price guidance went down, uh, but by the time they went to be it, it went back up to the original price guidance. So you, you have to be really careful with that um, because now interest rates are in the fives and they're just going to be climbing. You know, the benefit that we have is, you know, a lot of times we'll do interest only for a couple of years and because we, we plan to really exit in a couple of years. Um, our internal plan is to exit in a couple of years. Sometimes we might post a deal that's five years long or a five-year term, but we don't really want to exit in, in two years, three at the latest. Um, so yeah, I, I would say the better question would be how is the money, how is the interest rates in the current environment now affecting deals? Thanks, Brad. I see. So uh, Brad's information, his boot camp is in the chat. Um, I can hear everybody now because <laughs> my, my speaker works. Uh, does anybody else have a question? Well, here, um, here's something that I'll share with you, Presley, from yes. what 
I'm seeing number one on our capital side and also just talking to you know, a lot of family offices is the ability to raise money today is much easier than it's ever been simply because the crisis we're seeing in the Ukraine has created so much uncertainty in the stock market. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of people uh, that have had their money in the market have seen, you know, the NASDAQ down considerably uh, since the first of the year. I mean, you know, the last couple of weeks has been some of the worst weeks we've seen. And so people are looking for safe havens. They're mm -hmm. looking for alternatives. And real estate traditionally being a tangible hard asset is a place people look. Um, the other thing too also is real estate with people in retirement or getting close to retirement has always traditionally been looked at as a fixed income alternative. Because when you're approaching retirement and you're looking at you know, generating income to supplement your retirement years, let's face it, you know, the interest you're going to get on bonds or the interest you're going to get on CDs or, quote, most other fixed type investments sucks. And so when you look at, you know, the ability to invest in a real estate deal where the sponsor or the issuer says, yeah, you know, we've got a 6% or we got a 7% uh, preferred distribution, what a lot of people don't realize and take into consideration is because of the considerable tax benefits that are generated by real estate investments, and we actually use cost segregation to accelerate those, you're able to shelter a significant part of the distributions you're making. And so we talk about something in finance called a pre-tax equivalent yield, where if you're distributing 7% to somebody that's in the you know, upper tax brackets, it's the equivalent of them getting a you know, 10 or 11% distribution from an alternative investment that would be fully taxable. And when you put it that way and you show them uh, the difference, it becomes a very, very attractive opportunity for them to put their investment dollars into. But the other thing is, you know, there's been a lot of press uh, about the Biden administration really squeezing Americans uh, out of the property market, you know, rising interest rates, uh, inflation, um, and recently, you know, few things have really become more precious uh, than hard assets like property. And when you look at, you know, what's happening with rising rates, what that's doing for single family is it's making it largely more unaffordable to the first time home buyer. And so that's why you're seeing a tremendous interest in the rental market. And that's why, you know, rents are on a wild binge, literally up almost 20% in the last year, while home prices have also hit a record high. And so I think a lot of people that were potentially, quote, first time home buyers or even, quote, move up buyers uh, into a second home, uh, they're no longer able to afford those. Mm -hmm. And so they've been forced into the rental market, driving up prices towards absurd levels. And so uh, I think that the rental market, i.e. multifamily, is going to continue to be really, really robust, uh, which is the reason that, you know, we're looking at deals and raising capital. Um, and I would just continue to encourage everybody to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that. Appreciate that and uh, that input. Um, so, guys, this is this is the purpose of Investors Gallery to have a very interactive conversation with me and you and everybody um, that is able to join for everybody to get information. Um, cause there will very frequently be people on the webinar that are a lot smarter than me 
Uh, Melvin is very versed in securities and corporate law. And um, Brad is very versed in um, kind of everything dealing with money. Um, and I know as I'm looking through here, we have uh, a few other um, experts and, and, and also real estate agents as well in here. Um, so I encourage you guys to get the word out so that way that when we have a conversation, it is as full bodied as possible. We have an expert capital raiser. Um, we have an attorney. Um, what if uh, we had a CPA? We do have a CPA on our team. He's he not able to join, but what if, this, what if we had a CPA? What if we had um, a broker? We had a conversation about broker tips and um, you know how to have a conversation with a broker. What if a commercial broker was actually on? So that is a really good reason to invite friends and family. I'm here every Tuesday at eight o'clock. Um, I guarantee one day you're gonna hear babies. Um, if you did not already hear my dog, I am literally at home at probably shooting the worst time you can right before the kids go to bed. But I thought this is what was a really good time to be able to reach out to individuals. Weekends are never good. Fridays are never good. During the day, everybody's moving around. I'm moving around looking at properties and doing due diligence or sometimes just learning or sometimes um, my gift being a visionary. Sometimes you need time just to think and to um, imagine what the future should be like. That's the job of a CEO. So Tuesday, eight o'clock. Um, does anybody have any questions um, or comments before I wrap it up? Um, you know what? Let's do this too. Um, because what I'm really trying to drive home is this is a community that I, I want to build. If you could, if you could just do me a favor, um, could everybody unmute themselves and just give uh, your name and what you do? Um, and then wait for everybody to finish. Cause just in case person two needs to, to, they really need person four, uh, everybody stay on until we sign off. It's only 10 people on here. So, um, I think that would really impact the group. Uh, who wants to go first? <laughs> I'll go I will. First. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Hi there. I'm Michelle Lambert with Keller Williams Professionals here in Houston, Texas. I am a residential realtor, um, just joined Keller Williams roughly a year ago, been licensed since 2014, um, have had the opportunity of knowing Presley for a few years now, and I am interested in entering the multifamily um, industry, if you will, um, as an investor, I'm, I'm really, really eager to learn. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you for inviting me to this amazing group. I look forward to working with you all. Thanks, Michelle. Okay, I guess I'll go next. I apologize for all the background noise. Um, but my name is Tamitha Mayfield. I'm with Lucky Money Real Estate. Um, I have been a residential real estate agent since about 2012. Started out in Connecticut um, and recently got licensed here in Texas. Um, so just here, Presley invited me. So always interested to learn about new things. Um, so yeah, hello everyone. Thank you. 
All right, I'll jump in next. My name is Charles Franklin. Um, been known in Prescott for a couple of years. Um, during the day, most days, most nights, I uh, work as an IT director. Um, but I'll Did you cut out Charles or that was it? The opportunities in the commercial multi um, industry and I said, well, you know, this definitely is something that I'm interested in. Hey, Charles. And um, help me uh, build up my portfolio. Yes. Um, we heard you're an IT director and it, it went silent. It went silent? Oh, man. <laughs> I'll come back on in a second. Let me go inside the house. I'm right out. Okay. Yeah, I know how that signal is around here. <laughs> I'll go next. My name's Tracy. I'm from Toledo, Ohio. Um, welcomed by Preston through a Moto Group and started following him last week. I've been a single family, small, small building investor for about 25 years. I'm very interested in syndications, capital raise, and moving into multifamilies, 50 units and greater. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I am uh, Amon Smith. I am soon to be Presley's co-pilot. Uh, you keep saying <laughs> that, sir. <laughs> uh, let I me stop him. He, my license. For, for his credit, he has started flying, and uh, he has a couple hours under his belt. He just needs to solo. So, but yes, he he's he's serious about that. He just got to finish. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'm a real estate agent also, um, also a partner at White Star Title Elite here in Houston, Texas, um, off of Kirby Drive. So if you guys look for title services, a place to close your deals, I'd love to help you there. But yeah. All right, Presley, I'm back now. Can you guys hear me okay? Yep, I can hear you. Okay, cool. All right, so yeah, my name is Charles Franklin, uh, IT director by day. Um, also work on you know small boutique projects, uh, building custom homes. So working about you know single project at a time. Um, I've known Preston now for a couple of years, neighbors, and so when he put me on to kind of some of the opportunities in the multi um, um, multifamily commercial side, um, it's definitely interested in learning more and finding out how to um, maybe build up my, my portfolio. Congratulations, Charles. Charles just um, completed a, a, a cycle, a full cycle on an investment, and it was amazing. So I just wanted to, if I didn't already tell you, uh, congratulations and my hat's off, and I see you, sir. I just wanted to make that Thank public. You. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah, we, we just started, started our second property, so excited to continue that cycle. Brad, we are actually working on a, um, a Houston meetup, but yeah, I, I agree. I'm not going to give away uh, too many of the details, but it will be a meetup like you have never seen before, or at least in Texas anyway. <laughs> great. That'd be great. Uh, yeah, for those of you that don't know me, Brad Blazer, um, you know, I've been investing in real estate since 2005, started primarily in single family and 
got to a baker's dozen where we had a little over a dozen properties and uh, started cashing out of those and uh, stepping up. I've worked for some of the largest real estate syndicators in the country. Many of these companies today have real estate investment trusts that trade on the exchanges uh, with valuations in the hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars. Um, like I said, you know, I've raised $2 billion through my efforts and the efforts of teams I've led and today probably run the number one global coaching program for people that want to learn how to attract and raise capital. Um, I've also written a book, uh, which you can find on Amazon, called Winning at the Capital Game, uh, Learning How to Use OPM to Build Wealth. And uh, I'll post the link to that here in the chat if any of you want to grab that. It's just a real good inexpensive way to get your head around uh, the different types of investors, what they look for, uh, how to pitch your deal, those types of things. So uh, I look forward to uh, being part of this community that Presley's building and uh, contributing in any way I can. Thank you, sir. Um, real quick, um, the I think three or four people that came in um, a while ago, I didn't, I saw you come in, but I <laughs> forgot to unmute you. So you can now talk. Um, you still have to unmute yourself, but now you have the ability to unmute yourself. All right. All right. Uh, my name is Justin Adams. I am a financial professional with New York Life Insurance Company and Now Life Security. So um, I typically help business owners um, financial planning and make sure their family protected as well as their business and their finances while they're accumulating wealth. Um, I actually met Presley Wet like, actually a couple of months ago, like back in like November, October last last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, he, he definitely taking me, taking me on this wing, um, um, getting into the multifamily syndication space. I appreciate you inviting me, man. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Am I on? You on. All right. What's good, everybody? Um, man, Presley, I've known Presley for, uh, Goodness gracious, I think since I first started becoming a real like it's a family reunion now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's he's definitely one of my favorite people to talk to, especially in terms of like investments. I'm always picking his brain. I haven't got to pick him as much lately because I've been busy running around getting certifications and opening up myself to, uh, to new opportunities. But uh, tonight he sent me a, a link to come in and take a look at things and so I'm definitely here learning a lot, and uh, I definitely appreciate the invite, and I do certainly hope to grow and continue to grow. Uh, you know, I call Presley the big homie, so it's been a blessing uh, just being part of this whole thing. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I'm honored. <laughs> well, so we can uh, wrap up because I know everybody else want to get to kids and dinners and all that jazz. Oh. Well, let, let me introduce myself. You there, Preston? We, you have the floor, ma'am. Okay. Hi, everybody. My name is Mary Prince, and um, I've known Presley, I think, since 2008, 2009? 10. Yeah, 2010. Okay. okay. And um, I am, I say, former business owner. Um, I owned a couple of businesses that uh, uh, Presley has mentored me in a lot of ways, and I've mentored him. So um, I'm looking forward to all that I can learn in this process. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Who's next on the floor? 
I think that is that it. I think that's it. No, let me look through here. Yeah, yep. I think that I think that is it. Okay, so um, if I did miss you and you're not speaking up, uh, I will see you next week. Um, again, this will be every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Um, kids, dogs, and all. <laughs> Hopefully, we don't hear any of that. Um, so again, spread the word. We want as many people in this community as possible. And kind of as we grow, what we'll probably do, if we get above like maybe 15 people, I'll just tell everybody to put their information in the chat. Um, so everyone can communicate and say, hey, I remember, you know, looking at the chat and this person did whatever. Um, I really want this to be a community. This is not a pitch fest. It's not a, a marketing thing. It's really a way for me to share my knowledge of um, multifamily and real estate with you guys and also learn stuff um, about different asset classes. Um, Melvin, did you, let's see, did Melvin jump off? He did, okay. So, um, cause I don't remember him explaining who he is, uh, but Melvin, I, as I said earlier, is my securities attorney um, and business partner as well. So the link that you have will work every, every Tuesday, unless I break something and I've broke stuff before. <laughs> um, since you have already registered the next time, you just click the link and it'll bring you right in. So I will see everybody next Tuesday at eight. If you can come on for five minutes, come on for five minutes. If you can come on and stay the whole time, stay the whole time. This is meant to be home. This is meant to be a place where you can be comfortable, be vulnerable, learn uh, from the other experts that are on here. Um, and this will always be recorded, uh, which I think is good that, you know, the videos are not on because sometimes people don't want their videos uh, to be shown. So that's why I also uh, have it as a webinar. So I will see you guys next week. Same link. And I will also be you know reminding everybody that um, the conference or the call is in an hour or whatever the case may be. Also, check out the newsletter. It's probably in your spam if you haven't seen it yet. And I will see everybody next week. Oh, big surprise before everybody log off. Next week, I will be on my um, 15 year anniversary uh, vacation. 99% chance I'll still be working. It'll probably be a different background. So uh, <laughs> I'll see you guys next week. Uh, the location will be a surprise because my wife doesn't even know where we're going, but um, I'll see you guys next week. All right, till then, see you guys later. Bye. Bye.